You're listening to We, we, we the Aether Podcast with host Adam Evans, within and without. Welcome. Hello, hello, everyone. I hope you're having a great day as always. In this episode, I have a conversation with Astarius Miraculi, who is someone that I believe has a powerful transmission message to share with the world. And it's one of truth, love, abundance, and many other things that are supportive in your highest good, in your highest cause, purpose in life. And I think Astarius is someone that should be highlighted, and I allude to that further into the podcast episode. I am very much a promoter of Astarius's work, and I've actually shared some of his content on my own YouTube channel, as well as my Instagram accounts. And I highly encourage you to have a look at Astarius's YouTube channel. He's been uploading for almost a decade. And I believe that his work deserves so much exposure because the message behind it is so strong and it's so deeply rooted in truth that I think a lot of you that are listening are going to connect to this and hopefully reach out to Astarius or dive down deeper into some of his content. Now, I'm not going to get too much further into uh, describing what Astarius does, but I'd simply just like to remind you that if you enjoyed this episode, and if you found it informative, please feel free to share it with a friend, and also hit our iTunes page and give us a rating, because that helps this podcast grow, it helps me get more guests, and I really appreciate it as always. And uh, other than that, please do check out the links and all the information in the show notes in the descriptions of of this episode, because it's going to contain everything you need in order to reach out to Astarius or access more of his, his information. You can also visit my personal YouTube channel, which is going to also be included in the show notes here. And there is a video there of this episode. The video itself is also quite powerful. And if you're interested in seeing Astarius and seeing myself in video form, then I encourage you to watch the YouTube interview. And you can do so in conjunction with listening to the audio version if you'd like. You You can do one or the other or both, whatever you prefer. But um, that's basically it. So I'm going to leave you with Astarius and myself in conversation. And once again, thank you in advance for listening. I hope you enjoy this episode. Talk to you again soon. So one thing I'd like to do, brother, before, before you actually start the interview, I want to just offer sure. a prayer because I always center myself this way. Please do. In the name of the mystic son, I am that I am. We call you divine creator out of the vastness of the universe and the depths of our heart. Blaze the power of the Holy Spirit. Dissolve the cause and core of any negative vibrations. We are portals through which the absoluteness of the divine universe comes through. And that which we share is a blessing unto the all that is. So it is, so it was, and shall remain. Okay, beautiful. So, um... This is 1.33. I know I, I got a 2.30, um, but I, we'll work the hour out, but I, you know, I might get a knock at the door. So if you want to okay. end it a little bit earlier, I can also have them to wait, uh, but I just want to give I, you... I'm, a, sure, I'm sure we'll be good. I'm sure it'll be fine. Okay, beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right, we're good, we're good to go. <laughs> we are good to go. So um, initially, I'd come across your... I would mentioned by phone because we briefly spoke before hopping on here, but I... I I'd come across your spirit rap and I know you've been uploading to YouTube for quite some time now, something eight, nine years. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, I think it was 2009 or something like that. 2009 or 2010 when I first. Mm -hmm. 
And what was the first spirit rap that you put up? Hmm. First spirit rap went up mm, probably in that first year or, you know, at, at most of the second year of being on there, but probably within the first year. Okay. And do you find that that's something that people tend to connect with most of the material? Well, spirit rap about? always gets a tremendous amount of hits. Uh, interestingly enough, I have one that is called Sound Healing with Didgeridoo or either it's didgeridoo sound healing, one or the other. It was the very first one I ever put up. And and that one by itself has gotten um, close to 400,000 views by itself. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I'm a million point two view, or a million point three views overall. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that one is, it's just has this mystical something, you know, that it does. Uh, right. But I put, I put up several different versions of spirit rap uh, Spirit Rap was released initially in the year 2000, and uh, I had it, it was initially my own personal prayers, uh, which you know the 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 actual piece Spirit Rap was written a good two years prior to the actual release of the album in 2000, and um, I had written out my prayers and invocations in the language of I invoke and dream awake. <clears throat> At that time, I was married, and I encouraged her uh, to write her prayers out, you know, in the language of I invoke and dream awake. Her name is Astara Edmonds now. Uh, but, you know, and so uh, for two years, it was just our personal prayer. So when I had the idea for Spirit Rap, I chose to take, uh, you know, my prayers and her prayers and weave them into a universal matrix that would be applicable for everybody. You know, and so, you know, Spirit Rap has become my miracle child. I mean, I have 21 CDs. That CD, is, it was number five, and it's outsold everything ever since it hit. And, um, and many people literally say that it has saved their life. You know, one of the <clears throat> most unique stories around that one is uh, I had the, the guidance to send one to a brother. Uh, like, I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area when I, you know, uh, first brought spirit rap out and I was guided to send it to a friend of mine who lived in Santa Fe and um, just out of the blue I had a strong feeling he needs to have this and I sent it to him and very shortly after I sent it to him I get a call from him and he's a very evolved brother you know very very high but he called me and he was literally in tears he said man I want you to know that you've saved my life he said I was literally ready to pull the plug I was so you know, disconnected, you know, from this life. I was just ready to go to the other side. He said, I went to my post office box and opened it up and there was spirit wrap. He said, I went and sat in my car. I didn't turn the car on. I just stuck the CD in the player and sat down there and listened to it from start <clears throat> to finish all the way through. And he said, completely realigned him with being here. He rededicated to staying in this lifetime. And you know, he was just uh, singing praises up one end and down the other, you know. But many, many people have said that that um, one has saved their life, you know. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so when you're working with spirit rap, you become part of what I call a telepathic prayer tribe, you know, because there's so many people using that invocation in common. 
So the power of the frequency keeps multiplying tremendously. Mm -hmm. You will even find, you'll go back to it sometime and you'll say, wow, it's even more powerful than it was the last time. And that's because so many more people come on board and are working with it. You know, so we are all telepathically linked, you know, by virtue of working with that common invocation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that, that's a great way to put it, actually. And it's, it's a, it kind of reminds me of how uh, in an Islamic faith or, faith or a Muslim faith, turning towards Mecca and praying at a designated time in right. union with each other brings everyone into that resonance. Um, mm-hmm. So it's very, very nice and beautiful and creative how you, how you came up with that. How did that initially spark within you? How, how was that transmission received whereby you were then able to create uh, this prayer and, and to actually turn it into more like a song or something like, you know, people okay. almost like an anthem. But how okay. did that process, uh, you know, unfold for you? Well, you know, um, you have the whole album, right? Or do you? Do you have the whole um, album? I'm just, I probably do. Yeah, I think I, think I have. Yeah. Well, well, that I know there's a few, right? is the title track out of 12 okay. tracks. Okay. So, you know, in order to fully answer the question, because there's so many other, you know, uh, invocations, you know, like there's money formula, the ones that money, money crystallize, stream right now into my hands, golden sun, within me rise, let abundance take a stand. Now, money formula is a piece that I wrote way back in 1982. You know, and then, you know, I have ancient times and ancient times would have been written somewhere in the late 80s. So, you know, uh, Spirit Rap, you know, was written in 1998, but so many other of the pieces, you know, that's on the overall album Spirit Rap, you know, because Spirit Rap is the title of the overall album and the piece you've been working with is the title track of the album. So, um, so I've always used affirmations and invocations, you know, in that way. And also where they're chanted, like even with the money formula that I just recited to you so that you could hear the words on the album, it's, it's expressed in two different ways. You know, one said, money, money, there's a live stream right now into my hand, golden sun, let me rise at abundance, take a stand, high and loud manifestation, big financial, you know, chant it, speed it up. Money, money, because the lives you may now do my hand, go to them and let me rise it up on the thick sand. And I have a few, you know, different ones that I do in that way. But even when I chant them rapidly like that, I'll have another version that slowed down where you can hear the words very clearly. You know, so there's money formula one and money formula two, ancient times one, ancient times two, you know. And uh, so um, the, the actual technique of um, invoking in that way you know, uh, or decreeing in that way. I learned initially through uh, Elizabeth Clare Prophet in the Summit Lighthouse, you know, because they would chant in that particular way. And I was exposed to that particular organization, you know, in 1977, 78, you know, 79, you know, around in there. And then I developed my own style of that kind of chanting, you know, like spirit rap, you know, reflects my own personal flavor. You know, and when, when the words are accelerated, even with spirit rap, I invoke, decree, and dream away the full cellular sense of my being, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual in this now. So there's, a, there's an acceleration of vibration, which then you know, uh, narrows the gap between the words so that it becomes, you know, more like a hum or an, an ohm frequency, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's such small space between the words. Right, right. You know, and also... Um, when it's speeded up in that way, you know, it, it, um, it's offered into consciousness in such a way that the intellect doesn't get a chance to, 
to jump in and, and decipher. It, it makes it operate at a very strong right brain place, mm-hmm. you know, the, the intuitional mm-hmm. side of being. You know, people, right. you know, uh, more than just hear spirit rap, they feel it. And, right. and, and it, it has to do with not only the words, but also the way that those words are, are brought forth, you know, through the decreeing, you know, invocational uh, art right. of presenting it. So in, in, it's almost as if in doing it in that way and speeding it up, you're bringing someone to that higher octave. And at the same time, you're doing away with the senses, the sense perception, because they would be picking out individual words and the mind tries to understand the individual yeah, words. Yeah, they don't have time to think about it. Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't let it happen. You just cut out the sense entirely. Because, <laughs> you know, it's funny. When, when, when I did hear the sped, the sped up version, now I, I can get into deep meditative states. And when I do, um, it is, and, and if I'm tuning in in a way where I'm opening myself up to receiving any sort of transmission or anything like that, I find it to come through in that way. Very similar to how your sped up version of spirit rap does. It's very quick. It's very fast. And it's, it's, it's almost done so in, in like a frequency or a tone or a vibration, as opposed to, you know, these clunky words that we always use to communicate. Um, you know, it's more of a heart, heart, mind feeling type of connection yeah. Yeah. that I brought into. Yeah, it's like like, like uh, feeling with your mind and thinking with your heart. Mm, yeah. It even does the same thing for me when it's accelerated in that way because I'm not engaging intellectually. Right. You know, it's this, this rapid flow, you know, and it makes the, the frequency more experiential. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And more true, I'm sure, because you're, you're getting into a, a state yourself where you're kind of just plucking from the ether and then allowing that to come through you and you're just being this, this channel or this gateway for that information to, to flow through, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so uh, I did actually just want to, because I, I haven't, <laughs> haven't asked you to introduce yourself and anyone that's listening to this may not quite know who you are, but do you mind just taking a moment to introduce who it is you are, what okay. it is you're due, what, what you're a part of and involved with? Okay, I am Astarius Miraculi and I've been doing this work for more than 45 years and uh, just feel, you know, honored to be a catalyst for quickening and, and blessing, you know, on the planet. You know, I am a psychic astrologer. That was my very first modality. Uh, well, actually, my first modality was, was a healing art through pranayama, breath, you know, and then astrology came after that. Uh, I'm also a Reiki master teacher, you know, practice and teach the art of Reiki. The Reiki came in. Uh, first and second level in the year of 1991 for me. I became a Reiki master teacher in the year of 1993. So I've been teaching that art since 1993 and been blessed with a lot of unique uh, pieces that were spirit taught from within around Reiki that I didn't learn from the Reiki community, but rather spirit taught me from within about, uh, about certain things that has really enhanced that particular art. You know, I do sound healing with the didgeridoo, uh, with vocal harmonics. You know, the didgeridoo came in in the year of 1995, you know, uh, and then I started producing my CDs. Uh, my first CD was in, in the year of 1996, a year after I started playing the didgeridoo. Also work a lot with vocal harmonics, you know, uh, which came in after the didgeridoo, maybe a year and a half to two after the didgeridoo. And the vocal harmonics is the producing of simultaneous highs and lows with one voice. Just a little example is like. Mm-hmm. 
those sounds um, are carrier waves of consciousness. You know, those sounds are our elders. You know, they can come through this physical domain, but they don't live in the physical. I can produce them with this three-dimensional body and these three-dimensional vocal cords, but the sound themselves are of the celestial realm. And they're carrier waves of consciousness that trigger for us a remembering of that which we have forgotten about the absoluteness of who we are. You know, so we are the part of source that has come into the physical domain and the part of source that agreed to partake of human forgetfulness. Mm-hmm. So source in the absolute sense does not join us in our forgetfulness, you know, because we're also, you know, we're the many facetedness of source, but source comes into incarnation, but also there is this greater expanse of beingness that stays in the celestial realm, standing in the circle of eternity, remembering for us what we were likely going to forget when we came into physicality and sometimes in what I call the nightmare of the earth dream. So this absoluteness does not join us in forgetfulness. And yet when we wake up and remember, then there is a multiplied glorification that happens within the oneness of the wholeness by virtue of our waking up and remembering who we are. So that's the gift that we give to source is allowing source to become multiplied and expanded in its essence by virtue of our waking up and remembering. Mm -hmm. So we make that contribution in that way. And then also the contribution that we make to source is giving source the experience of a very unique version of itself. For example, nobody can do source in the universe exactly like Adam. You know, you know the, the way in which you express your version of the universe is as unique as a fingerprint. Mm-hmm. You see, and, and so source gets to experience a version of itself in a way only such as Adam can bring forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The creator has a, has a big appetite to experience his, her, itself in multitudinous ways that constitutes, you know, all of creation. Mm-hmm. You're in that way. And yeah. just one other thing about the sound is that um, when I started playing the didgeridoo, you know, uh, I was at a friend's house a year after I was playing and he was a beekeeper. Some, you know, uh, my beloved and I went out by the beehive. I'm standing behind her playing the didgeridoo in her back. And Source calls my name from the inside, says, Astarius. This is one of those two by four over the head moments of clarity. I know Creator speaking to me. I'm still playing on her, but I'm listening. And internally, I answer, I say, yes. And Source says, you're from the clan of the trumpet angels. And a light went off in every cell of my body, and it had this instantaneous understanding of why I had such a powerful experience with the didgeridoo at that time, playing for just a year. I'm excited to tell her what I'd gotten. Didn't stop playing on her right away. When I did stop, before I could tell her what I got, she looks at me and she said, oh my God, I just seen the biggest angel Deva I've ever seen. So the creator gave me the message in two different ways, you know, 
let me clairaudiently hear, I'm from the clan of the trumpet angels, and clairvoyantly showed her the angel. So all of the outrageous things I do with sound is by virtue of my connection to my clan, clan of trumpet angels. They taught me didgeridoo is not that hollow tube. Didgeridoo is a sound current that comes through it. And that hollowed out, you know, uh, branch you know, is actually its body, the means by which that sound achieves incarnation. The clan of the trumpet angels are the keepers of all of the sacred sounds before there was the need to produce those sounds in the physical. This is true of the flute, the harp, the drum, the piano. You know, piano is not that thing with the keys. Piano is the sound current emanating from it. The keys is its embodiment, the means by which it becomes incarnate in physical, because all these sounds exist, uh, existed as celestial sounds before physicality. Mm -hmm. a sort of in a, in a pure creative sense before being brought into manifestation through. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's just that in manifestation, because we now are of the physical, we need to give it an embodiment through which we can produce that sound. Hence, the didgeridoo that we blow into, the drum that we play on, you know, the, the piano, you know, the keyboards, you know, the flute, the harp, whatever, because all of those sounds existed before physicality. And the clan of the trumpet angels are the keepers of all of those sacred sounds. Keepers of the didgeridoo, before it was passed to the tribal aborigines of Australia, before there was an earth, you know, so... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, that's great. And, and you just allow that to sort of flow through you. Now, do you find that you have, and, and from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's more of a multi-faith approach to your... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because it's it, it, just in listening to you speak and in, in my understanding of some of the materials you produced, it's, I'm very well versed in individual um, spiritual practices and religions. And then I, but I can see little bits and bits of pieces coming through in each one in what you're doing. So I see like some Buddhism, I see some some Hinduism, I see yes. some shamanism, I see, you know, I, I love shaman drumming. And that's actually something that, speaking of sound, when I do hear, it only takes me about 10 minutes or so, but a steady shaman drumming, do, 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 I, I'll go, I'm gone, you know, I'm out, <laughs> closed eye, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. So uh, I, I do notice a lot of that coming through in, in what you're doing. Um, so do you find, or do you have any particular I guess, I guess you could say, do you find that any one particular faith or um, modality uh, is reflected in your work more so than the other? Or do you find no, it just No, no. People have asked me, say, man, what religion are you? I say, well, I'm either none of them or all of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and more specifically, I'm all of them. And I like to say that there is no religion higher than truth. Mm-hmm. No religion higher than truth. Um, that uh, um, you're going to find some truth in Hinduism, in Buddhism, in Judaism, you know, in Islam, you know, in Ifa, you know, in shamanism, you know, in metaphysics, in new thought, you know, right down the line. I mean, if I say that I'm a student of truth, then I must honor the truth wherever I find it. And it's dangerous to be fanatically denominational. Mm -hmm. You know, the only way philosophy, and many religions are like that, and they say, if you don't believe as I believe, you're going to hell or, or you don't have the truth. 
you see, and, and, and God is way more multifaceted than that. You know, the other thing is that we can even take the, the word denominational, and if we turn each syllable into a word itself, we get the numb in nation all, to be numb in a nation of allness, you know, or when we are um, fanatically traditional, you know, that our tradition is the only thing, trade, I, shun, all, mm-hmm. you know, so it's an all-encompassing something, and there's no religion higher than truth. Mm-hmm. And would so you say if that if I was to say if I was to give a name to my faith or my religion, I'd have to say truth. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and could you say that part of that truth is just simply having that connection to source and having that understanding that everything is of source and it cannot be anything but of its source. Is is that fair to well, say? Everything is everything that is co-eternal with source is of source. But let's say let's take hatred. Mm-hmm. You know, hatred is not really a quality of source. Mm-hmm. Hatred is an anomaly that comes along when a facet of source, you know, uh, aka human beings, <clears throat> engage in hatred. But let's take, for example, love and hatred, love and hate. What's the difference? Love is co-eternal with source. Love unfolds down the corridors of forever. Hate is of time and space where all things will be erased. You know, hate's days is numbered, you know, because it's not an eternal frequency. You know, and it also is a frequency that does not honor, honor the oneness of the wholeness. That's the power of love. Love is in honor of the oneness of life. You know, the way in which all of life is connected. You know, love brings the understanding that what you do unto the drop, you do unto the ocean. What you do unto the ocean, you do unto the drop. How you feel about the drop is how you feel about the ocean. Some people would like to say, oh, I hate that wave over there, but I love the ocean. No, if you hate that wave, you hate the ocean because you cannot separate life from life. Mm-hmm. And so there are, you know, there are certain qualities, you know, hatred, fear, worry, doubt. You know, all of those things are human anomalies that will some, at some point come to their end. They are not eternally standing. They won't stand the test of eternity. But love will, faith will, courage will, you know, inspiration will, mm-hmm. you know, the force of creation will, you know. And so, <clears throat> you know, there are certain things that are just not of source. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, source does not judge those things either. Like, like, like source, I don't feel has an issue with hate. And it doesn't have an issue with all of the dark, shadowy things that we do. And one of our great lessons, I feel, is uh, Adam is learning, don't judge your judgment, don't hate your hatred, don't fear your fear, don't hurt more than your pain. So I have found empowerment in allowing the negative things of life their temporary right of existence. You know, prior to coming onto my spiritual path, which fortunately for me started at age 22, 
But prior to that, from age 16 to 22, I was a dishonor student in the University of Life's other side of the fence, growing up in the treacherous ghettos of Chicago. All of my role models were pimps and hoes and gangsters and thieves and con men and con women. You know, and I grew up where drug addiction was rampant. You know, people would be found in the hallway, dead, needles still in their arm, overdose, drive-by shootings, and people would drive by, shoot into the crowd, murder somebody on the corner. I mean, I grew up with that kind of stuff happening. And for six years, I call it my six years of insanity, I was a part of that treachery. But then the Most High, you know, took care of me. I turned 22, the light came on. And I saw what my life was for. And I left behind all of that negativity. When I look back at that negativity, I have nothing but love in my heart and allowance, you know, for the running, for, for my running amok at that time. And I'm even a stronger person, not only in spite of those treacherous things I grew up through, but also because of them. You know, I've been able to go into some of the prison systems, you know, you know, as an ordained minister, ordained many years ago. I could use my credentials, going to have the inmates, holding hands, doing affirmations, you know, did presentations at drug programs and different things like that. And, and um, it was because of my exposure to that kind of life that I could easily speak to those who were still caught up in that life. And they couldn't say to me, well, how do you know where I'm going if you don't know where I've been? Well, I know where you've been. I've been there, you know. Mm -hmm. So I don't take issue with any of the treachery of my life. I don't take issue with the treachery of another person's life. You know, when I look and I see other beings behaving in a treacherous way, you know, I don't want to intimately engage in that. But the way that I choose to see it is I look larger. I don't let the way that I see them be an affirmation of their treachery. You know, I hold a vision of their exalted selfhood that has transcended that treachery. So then I'm an accessory to their betterment because now I've made a deposit in their soul bank that's going to accumulate interest until they evolve to readiness. Now, they may not make that withdrawal for lifetimes, but the fact that I had the presence of mind and heart to put it there, it's going to you know, accumulate interest until they draw it, mm -hmm. withdraw. Mm -hmm. See, and I have then done something of a benevolent nature. I didn't affirm their shadow. I didn't affirm their treachery. I affirmed, you know, their betterment. And so I'm an accessory to them being a better being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we become so justified in our vicious attacking of the things that we feel are bad and wrong. And without knowing it, we are actually become an accessory to the so-called thing that we call bad or wrong. Mm -hmm. Because treachery multiplies treachery. Exactly, yeah. The object of fear is to claim more fear. That's, that's yeah. Like many people who look at the abusers of life, whether it's sexual abuse or whatever other kind of abuse. And if you severely judge that, now you're abusing the abuse and you've made the abuse bigger than it was in the first place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now just dialing it back a little bit, and, and it's great that you kind of alluded to the fact that growing, in, growing up in that circumstance in Chicago allowed you to to better yourself. And Absolutely. I think that's, that's, that's a powerful message that should be shared with everyone. It really is, it's the darkest, darkest environment that is most illuminated by the light when it does shine through. Or right. it is that diamond that gets like crafted and hammered out of the big, huge mountain of rough stone, right? Right. It, it's this powerful- Or the fertilizer. 
Yeah, this is exactly. it, it is wise not to despise it, use the dung to fertilize it. Yeah. But life's greatest connoisseur gets the best crops from the best manure. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, I, I just think it, it does, it's a strong message for people to have because I find that, and I get quite a few messages online from people uh, seeking advice or guidance on how to find that light within themselves, how to, how to find that love within themselves. And my response in often cases is you're, you, it's not something you find. It's not something you go out and seek. It's naturally inherent within you. It's a matter of making a little shift, a little attunement, which is why I love your spirit wrap because it allows, much like your friend, it allows them to make that little perceptual shift. Even if for a moment the light shines through, it's enough so that they realize that there is a, another side of things that they're not, maybe not quite seeing or not quite tuned into yet, but they, they feel the power of it and they, they crave more of it. So I think it's just a, a powerful message to share that anyone that is growing up in, so, in some sort of a situation like that. Personally, I was... Um, I grew up in kind of like a ghettoish area as well, very similar. Not as many gunshots, but there were more stabbings, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and I, I feel the same way. I was I grew up in, in poverty in a way. I mean, not extreme poverty like some countries, but uh, we didn't really have much growing up. So I, I always regress back to that, and I just have so much more gratitude for everything that I'm able to to do and have and see now. Like everything that I've been able to manifest, I have so much gratitude for it. So. I, I just want to, to kind of take a moment to just let anyone that's listening, just if you're in a situation of, of hardship to just, first of all, check out Spirit Wrap because I think it's beautiful. And I think it's a, it's a, cheat, it's a cheat code to get you there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that it, it's good to have some, some foresight in knowing that there, there is something ahead that you know, it is, is a higher purpose, a higher calling, just waiting for that person to get there. So not to get too dwelled or, or caught up in, in, their, in their hardship that they're experiencing in the moment, but to really seek, to seek out that, that potential, that pure limitless potential that they have, and then just align to it. And, and that's in large part why I reached out to you, because I think that you're a great conduit to help people and guide people in that direction, just based on your own life experiences and the stuff that you produce. Well, you said the magic word when you said allow, mm. you know, so the light is not something that you have to find. It is something that you allow because the light is co-eternal with source. So there's no spot where the light is not. The light is never missing. The only thing that is missing is focused attention upon it. When we allow our attention to be hijacked away from the light and we're giving more of our attention to the treachery, to the shadow, to the darkness, to the negativity. And it isn't that the light is gone. It's that we're paying attention to the absence of the light. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what I often say is that the negativity of life, the pain of life, the despair of life is always the circumference. It can't be the center because the center is the real estate of creator. God Mm -hmm. owns the center of everything. So if you go to the center of any painful circumstance, you'll find light. If you go to the center, any painful thought, you find light, any painful feeling, you'll find the light. So that's why we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. You know, darkness is really a contaminated light, you might say, you know, where someone has used the power of creation, you know, to bring about something that is not in alignment with source. Like, you know, when we, when we, use, when we come into hatred, for example, that's not in alignment with source. So, so we're, we're misusing the light when we engage in hatred, because when we engage in hatred, we're breathing life, we're breathing creation into something that's going to breed more hateful experiences. 
so one of the ways in, in finding our ways out of the, the darkness is, is, first of all, don't judge the darkness. You know, don't attack the darkness. Mm-hmm. You'll make it bigger. You don't have to. Yeah, it will get bigger if you attack it, because in attacking it, you're breathing life force into it. It's like if you ignore it, for example. Now, if, if I was talking to you and you turned your back on me, how long am I going to talk to you if you're ignoring me? Not very long, because you're not giving me any kind of feedback. And so we have to learn how to not feed energy into the negatives of life. But we have, th- that means moving beyond the, the judgment. I, um, I think of a poem that I wrote called Attitudes Are More Important Than Circumstances. And in it I say, Hear ye, O seeker, play not a game of chance. Maintain a lofty attitude to conquer lowly circumstance. Some circumstances seem so bad, though goodness in disguise, it's up to us to see the good or else be victimized. For if a circumstance seems down and we reject it with a frown, that circumstance is then compelled to pull us down in mental hell. But if we keep our mind on high, despite the pain of circumstance, up with our attitude, the circumstance rises and beyond its pain, we then advance. Bitter circumstance is as a medicine to bring this wellness of a learned lesson. But we must swallow this medicine down to receive the healing and achieve the blessing. For if we spit this medicine out, life gives another dose without a doubt. Then we become victim of circumstance, a tyrant from which we can't advance until we learn to face it with a smile, drink that bitter cup and go the extra mile, so that all things may be enhanced because your attitude is more important than circumstance. So we, you know, we bless, bless the darkness, make it right, reverse the tide, free the light. Everything that we bless will bless us back. Everything that we curse will curse us back. So we bless it all and take no slack. And the joke is always on the despair, the pain, the worry, the hatred, the greed. The joke is always on those things because we are eternal and those things will pass. They're like the magician's trick. Now you see it, now you don't. Was it really there at all? Mm-hmm. Anything that isn't eternally standing rightfully is in the camp of illusion. And do you think that those... Let's, let's call it darkness for convenience, but do you feel that it serves, it, it inherently serves a purpose just by, and, and this is a, somewhat of a, um, a Hindu philosophy, but, but to, to take part in the divine Leela, the play, to, to be in the drama and to allow one to have that recognition and, and to, to do exactly what you just described, but to then align themselves not so much in the direction of that darkness, to not feed into that darkness and not fight it, but as their personal journey, as the individual's own growth in their incarnation, do you feel that that, that, that inherent darkness is there? And when I think about it, and I, when I think of, as you were saying, sources opinion, opinion is even a strange word, of this darkness, it's, it's just a laugh. Whenever I think about it, it's just a chuckle and a laugh because it, it, it is like Divine Leela, a play, a game, a dance. Well, so we, feel- we come into a higher appreciation for the light when we have rendezvous with darkness. Yeah. You know, 
Oh, I mean, it does have a purpose. You know, it, it just is not eternal resonance. Mm-hmm. It's not truth, right? You know, it's, it's, it's transitory. It's constantly mm-hmm. changing. But when we come face to face with it and we finally grow beyond it, then our appreciation of the light is, is up-leveled. Mm-hmm. You know, just like, you know, it's a dark experience to get knocked down in life. It hurts. It's a painful situation when, when we're knocked down. But then we get up stronger than we were before we went down. And we get up stronger not only in spite of being knocked down, we get up stronger also because of being knocked down. Mm-hmm. So if we weren't knocked down, we wouldn't know how much get up power we have. And it right. is, you know, by, you know, the twisted virtue of the darkness that we elevate our appreciation for the light. So everything is serving. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, great, that's a great way to look not at it. to judge it, you know. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, everything is serving. I, I, I really like that. That sums up, that sums it up perfectly. Yeah. Um, now, what compels you to make the content you do? Uh, I mean, we have already kind of covered it, but what, what compels you to continue to produce it? Do you feel that you have a certain calling to do so, that it is your, that it is your mission that, that could be used or birthright in a way, that it is your, your purpose to spread this message out? You, you had mentioned the clan of the trumpet angels. Uh, and, and you have a certain connection to this. So do you feel that just as part of your incarnation that you are compelled to continue uploading videos? Because I do see them pop up still. Um, and just to continue to produce content. And I, I just love the way the internet is now. And the fact that we're even able to have this conversation is, is amazing because rewind back 15, 20 years, this wouldn't be possible. So for you to participate in this, uh, this expediency or this, this, this rapid paced information age that we're in and just really dive into it. So what compels you to do that? What compels you to actually create the content and hit the upload button? Is it well, I have, I have the universe's back. Okay. And, and I know that in, in having the universe's back, I allow the universe to have my back. If I don't have the universe's back, then I disallow the universe having my back. You see, meaning, you know, I disallow the blessings that might come to me from you or this one or that one over there because, you know, we have to exemplify what it is that we want to receive. You know, I can't lead where I won't go and the mirror won't reflect what I don't show. You know, so in serving life, you know, I'm exemplifying what it is that I also want to come back to me. Okay. Um, yes, it is a calling, you know, and when I serve life, I serve not only from the premise of the exclusiveness of this astarious miraculi entity being, I serve as the all-inclusiveness of the whole universe portaling through this individual being, astarious miraculi. I know that I am my own version of the universe. And when I speak to you, I speak to you as the universe speaking through the portal of this individual selfhood. I am in constant awareness you know, and conscious relationship with that reality. Even as I engage with you, I am in the awareness that the universe is keeping sacred company with itself through the moment in this joining. You know, that I am the universe serving a mirrored reflection of my own self, who is the universe expressing itself as the version named Adam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, there's this constant awareness 
of the all-inclusiveness. You know, I'm sharing with you the drop, but beyond that, I'm sharing through you with the ocean. That which I do unto the drop or share with the drop, I do unto the ocean and share with the ocean. So that's what makes my work really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, is that even when I do an individual healing, I, the first thing I say is healing is given to you and me and every being and all existence included and in helping in the healing. You know, with the awareness that every individual healing is meant to reach out and empower every other healing that is, was, or ever will be, and in turn be empowered by every other healing that is, was, or ever will be. Because not only is there a oneness of wholeness of being, there's a oneness of wholeness of healing. You know, there's a oneness of wholeness of interviews. See, this interview in truth is meant to reach out and add empowerment to every other interview that is, was, or ever, or, or will be, and in turn be empowered by mm-hmm. every other interview that is, was, or ever will be. You know, mm-hmm. so, you know, constantly thinking in terms of the oneness which then brings us into harmonic convergence with who we really are. You know, and we're no longer renting with option to buy, but we're really owning the totality of who we are. Like the average person using only 10% of the brain capacity. But to use that other 90 or so percent, we have to come into ownership of our divinity. You know, that other 90 or so percent of brain capacity that most people don't use is part of our godhood which means that, you know, we see ourselves in, in every being. You know, like, for, for instance, as I engage with you, you know, you have, Adam, within you a cell for every man, woman, and child, for every angel and ascended master, every ocean, mountain, and stream, every mineral, plant, animal, elemental, star, and galaxy. You are the microcosmic container of the macrocosmic all that is, as am I. You know, so when I share my messages, I share as the macrocosm portaling through me, the microcosm. And I'm aware that I'm engaging with the macrocosm. See, as I interact with you, Adam, an individual, in truth, I'm having a rendezvous with God. Is he already? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, had, I, had, I literally had that exact conversation with um, a spiritual, spiritual teacher of mine, Ramdas, and uh, we had a, a Skype phone call. And we were just speaking exactly as you and I are right now, but it, it, it has that sense just as this does, but it's, it's God in communion with, with God. It is, it yes. is the yes. universe coming into inception and then realizing itself, you know, through just through the individual consciousness that, that, that is us, that is you and me. Right. And yeah. then I do, I do think that I, I, the reason I asked about your, if you have a purpose or calling to it is I personally feel that I have one myself, which is to reach out to individuals such as yourself and to make that effort to, produce the message, to produce the content, to spread it around. And, and when, do, when people do message me individually and just to help them, to take that time to help them because of that same thought process is, is that, it, is that it, I'm reaching out and helping them. I'm helping myself in doing so. Yes, and, yes. Uh, and and it's, it, just, it just creates that, it just, I, I creates that love really, you know, and, and it help, helps open people up to it. Um, one imagery that I always... Um, I always think about is, is Hanuman or Christ opening up the chest, opening up the heart center. Mm-hmm. And I think something everyone's so closed off in their heart and it's everyone's so uh, fearful in a way to express themselves in, in such a creative way. And in, in much in the way that you do, a lot of people don't really feel open to doing so. It's like they, they're, they're birthed. 
they take on that name, they take on that, you know, identity, they start building up and building up. And then that thing becomes so heavy. It's like, they're pushing that stone up the mountain. And it's like, that stone is invisible. That stone is nothing, you know? Um, so I, I guess the question I have here is how would you recommend that someone find their own inner voice, their own inner guidance that's going well, to. Okay. Well, one of the ways, one of the ways of finding one's own inner voice is being in the recognition of their voice by extension as expressed through all others. So, you know, I often talk about, you know, that you are cellular co-creator of all that is created. So, so if an individual looks around and see wonderful things going on and realize, oh my God, I had a co-creative hand in everything that is taking place. Because we do, see, because each individual is a biological living library. Each individual has a cell for every being in all existence. Like for instance, you co-created spirit rap. Why? Because I have a cellular count counterpart in me that's the totality of the so-called Adam and his soul journey. And when I created spirit rap, that particular cellular counterpart was alive and well within me. So in a subtle way, there was a co-creation there. You know, likewise, you and I and every being, whole walk on water with the master Christ, co-heal the sick, co-raise the dead, you know, co-received enlightenment under the, booty tree, the Bodhi tree with the Buddha, co-parted the Red Sea with Moses, and on and on. So if we line up the telepathic battery cables, when we witness good things going on in the world, say, oh my God, look at what a great job I'm doing through that part of me. Now we experience the soul jumpstart that begins to jumpstart us individually, just like one car jumpstarts another when the battery is gone down. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, you bring forward the gift that you have to offer life by recognizing your oneness of wholeness with all of the gifts that is given through all parts of life. It up-levels your faith in yourself individually. You know, up-levels your confidence. You know, and it also enables you to then walk in the all-inclusiveness of who you really are. Because when we can really bring forward our gifts individually, it is by virtue of our divine connection with the universal self. You know, over and above having an individuality, we have a individuality, which constitutes the universal selfhood. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Uh, it's also a matter of, of people making peace with the mistakes, you know, the mistakes that we feel that we have made in life, you know, to know that the painful past has passed away and used to bees don't make no honey. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. Some of us take so much issue with the past that without knowing it, we're perpetually breathing more life. Mm -hmm. into shadow things. See, how do you ever see the light at the end of the tunnel if you're always looking behind you? Mm -hmm. So we, we must learn to make peace with the treachery of our past. See, God is not at issue with us regarding any dark thing that we ever did. God is totally at peace. God is not urgent for us to hurry up and get it and behave ourselves. Because one thing, God is powerful enough that if God wanted to create it and set it up in a way that we had to behave our sacred asses, it would be so. But God didn't set it. He set it up. He, she, it, set it up so that we had free will. 
-hmm. And there's an infinite knowingness on the part of source that ultimately we're coming back home. So God just sits in the sacred pause, in the absolute knowingness that we're going to find out. And we must learn to be in the sacred pause. So -hmm. that's the other thing. When you want to bring your gift forward and you feel like something's blocking or something's delaying it, you know, being the, you're not between a rock and a hard place. You're not in limbo. You're in the sacred pause. You're in your period of gestation. Speaking of gestation, some women give birth at the standard nine months. Some women give birth early, you know, six months, seven months, eight months. Some women go 10 months before they have the baby. But the baby is just as valuable regardless of what stage it's born at. See, mama who gives birth at 10 months, her period of gestation is just a little bit longer. And so it is with us. Sometimes our period of gestation is a little bit longer. And so we're pregnant with our blessings for a longer period of time before they are birthed into form manifestation. Mm -hmm. But just as mama who's pregnant, if she's wise, appreciates the embryo as much as she would appreciate the completed birth, then we must appreciate the unformed embryo of our blessings that exists within the womb of our soul. And when we have to wait a little while longer, well, we're just in the sacred pause. And our period of gestation is just a little bit longer, but we're going to give birth to a healthy blessing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so sometimes it is that matter of patience mm -hmm. and that knowingness. Yeah, but there's and a certain inevitability to it. Stuff that we see with others. Because uh -huh. sometimes that's a big block. We don't celebrate the goodness that we see others creating. Like being prosperous. If we were in divine acknowledgement of all of the prosperity that exists around us, it would have to come to fruition within us individually. But so many people look at prosperity around them and they say, oh, they got that, he's got this, she's got that. But no, that's yours by extension. Right. You can yeah. join with them in the feeling frequency. You, it's not meant that you meant to covet the thing that they have, but the feeling frequency that is the joyous result of that thing, you can join in that. That's yours too, mm -hmm. by extension. Mm -hmm. That that's a great way to look at it too, because it, 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 there is so much getting caught up in the separation and yes. in and then in comparison, and not focusing on the the joy and all all the the wonders that come with the achievement of that other individual, and then embracing that as your own and your own pure potential is able to achieve that as well. But there's so much focus on the material, physical, separate a separate aspect of it um, that I think people that's that creates that blockage that I think a lot of people experience. And it is, and it's just kind of naturally how it is with humans. You know, we all look different. We all sort of appear differently, but at, deep down at the core, it is that recognition that I think is so important. Um, so, I, you know, that's, that's something I think you 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 express so nicely. Um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, do you have any? Uh, do you do any events or speaking events where there are? Uh, it's not a one-on-one, -on -one, but there's you know maybe a grouping of people. Um, and then you'll speak to the group. Well, you know, it, it, I'm teaching uh, Reiki and beyond at the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts tomorrow, or tomorrow and, uh, and Sunday. Uh, I, I, I live in the Phoenix, Arizona you know, area, and I am going to create a platform of teachings where people can come and experience in person. Meanwhile, you know, from a distance, work with my YouTube channel, Astarius Miraculi, you know, on YouTube. And then certainly, I'd like to see you get on Instagram. That's one thing because you're not on Instagram. Yeah. Well, well that's, you have an account, right? I have an account. I haven't, and that's on the radar because I hear so many wonderful things about it. Yeah. 
And uh, um, just in its ability to reach the masses, uh, in its you know, um, I just think I, I'm I'm just a I'm a, an Astarius promoter. Consider it that way. And I'm okay. I'm, well, I'm, you I'm, well you are a messenger uh, because I, I uh, <laughs> that's been on my radar to do that. So I'm definitely. Yeah. Uh, I would here, love maybe. to see you do some some videos of of anything of the chance the didgeridoos uh, anything like that just just to reach that audience I think would be amazing okay. and I would love to take part in promoting it myself on my end and just driving as many eyes okay. in your direction as I possibly can. So when it's live on Instagram, it can be as long as whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then when you're done that, it actually saves the live recording and then it uploads it to your account afterwards as well. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. Mm -hmm. So people can see the live presentation after the fact as well? That's right, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, well, you're a messenger. I will definitely get on that. Uh, would like to say my website is astarius.com, A-S-T-A-R-I-U-S.com. Uh, I've got 21 CDs and a couple of books. Everything that I've recited is in my book, Miraculous Song of Ascension. And I have another book, uh, Feast of the Zodiac, Wisdom of Astrology. Uh, and that's where I've written a poem on all of the astrological science. So I'd like mm -hmm. for everybody to certainly partake of that. And uh, I'm very grateful for people that go to my website and make purchases, which everything's available, digital download or hard copy that can be sent through the mail. And as a self-producing artist, I'm very grateful you know, for people that play in the field of win-win and go and, and give back in that way. And I say thank you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and if anyone wants to reach out to you, is, is uh, just your YouTube channel, your WhatsApp the best? Well, the best my website, astarius.com, A-S-T-A-R-I-U-S.com. Also, uh, by phone, I'm available through WhatsApp or the regular phone, plus one, nine two eight two five four nine five three five. That's plus one. 928-254-9535. Perfect. Thank you. Um, and I just, uh, I, I just wanted to ask if you could uh, close off our discussion here with uh, either spirit rap or whatever you feel and whatever's coming to you. But I, I would just love it if you could just share something with, with well, anyone. What I had on my heart to share, we've talked a lot about oneness. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I want to share one being. <clears throat> and it's also a selection you know, from my book, uh, there's only one life in which we all share and only one love through which we all care. Only one being in all that we're seeing, a slumbering giant, is what we are freeing. When one is at peace, what a mighty release, a breath unto life that all may increase. Anyone's joy is everyone's right. The wise one's wisdom is the blind one's sight. Yes, there's only me. In all that I see, the joining of life is what makes me free, and those who achieve and abundance receive is that part of me in whom I believe. When I am a winner, I honor all life. When I am a loser, all life shares my strife. Before life on this earth and my physical birth, I danced with the angels and knew my true worth. Yet all that I was, I really still am, the God out of heaven, an innocent lamb. If I want to know who I truly be, seek all that there is, and I will 
find me. Beautiful. Thank you so and, much. Uh, <clears throat> and then the other thing is, um, as a sonic resonance to help wake everybody up, I'd like to offer this. It feels very refreshing. It's like <laughs> it's like coming out of a nice shower and you're just all clean and you're you're ready to tackle the day. Yeah. Yeah. That's a sonic shower. <laughs> yeah, a sonic shower, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you very much for taking Absolutely, brother. Adam, you're very welcome. I appreciate who you are and I thank you for your offerings to life. I do feel your substance, you know, and uh, and your essence. And I'm grateful for the impact that you're making on life. And, and, and I hold space that you continue to do that. And I hold space that you are in a very exalted celebration of the value of your offering. Mm. You know, and, and remembering that self-validation is the salary you pay yourself for doing your life. Mm -hmm. And you're always you know, um, giving yourself a really wonderful salary. Mm -hmm. The way that you bless life. <laughs> okay, brother. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. And uh, message me when you do set up your Instagram. Send me an email or something. Okay, I definitely will. I'm going to do that soon. Yes. It's been on my radar and you really are powerful. I'm, I'm going to keep nagging you until you do it. So okay, I appreciate I that. Messenger. <laughs> okay, thank, thank you, you brother. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> Much love. <laughs>